podcast. I'm Elizabeth Chalajaran. I'm a contributor to Thorax's Journal Club summary page. Today I'm talking to the lead author of one of the papers summarised. Uh, Dr. Adam Leventhal from the University of Southern California is the lead author on the paper Association of E-Cigarette Use with Initiation of Combustible Tobacco Product Smoking in Early Adolescence, which was published in JAMA. Dr. Leventhal, welcome. Could I just start by asking you to summarise the main findings of your paper, in particular, uh, touching on the rise in popularity of e-cigarette use and what problems you think this could cause in the future? So what prompted this study was that e-cigarettes, which are battery-powered devices that allow the user to inhale nicotine and other ingredients, you know, they've, they've been around for quite a few years, and the major intended use was for a tobacco substitute for adult smokers who are looking for some way to cut down or quit smoking. But what we've seen in the past few years is there's been an evolution in terms of these products. They've become more sophisticated. They're available in popular flavors that might attract youth, like bubble gum, for instance. So what we've seen is there's been an evolution in use patterns such that over the past three or four years, we're seeing a new contingent of adolescents who are using e-cigarettes, not for harm reduction, but for recreational purposes. And a good portion of these teens were never really smokers in the first place. And so what we haven't known is the association between recreational e-cigarette use and future use of more dangerous and harmful combustible tobacco products. And so that's what we studied in our research paper. And we thought the results could go one of three ways. We really didn't know what was going to happen. So one, it was possible that e-cigarettes could be associated with an increased likelihood of smoking, which is what we ultimately found. Two, it's possible that there was no relation between e-cigarette use and initiation of smoking. And then three, it's it's possible that e-cigarette use could have been associated with the reduced likelihood of the propensity to start smoking because e-cigarettes could perhaps be a diversion to prevent teens from experimenting with the more dangerous forms of nicotine and tobacco. So really, as I alluded to, the main findings were that the teens who had used e-cigarettes were more likely to start smoking over a year follow-up period than teens who hadn't used e-cigarettes. And, you know, this is the first study of its kind that's been longitudinal, although another study came out which found something that was somewhat similar, but certainly more research is needed to understand whether this association could perhaps be causal and whether it's replicated. But what this does kind of open the door to is this future research on whether e-cigarette use might be associated with greater likelihood of progressing to become a regular smoker And we know that, you know, regular smoking, particularly when you start in adolescence and continue through adulthood, is associated with, you know, a host of negative health problems. And I think our study increases researchers' attention to to looking to those uh, future research questions that are of really high public health significance. Thank you very much. Can you tell me a little bit about the methodology you use, and in particular why you chose ninth graders, which for UK listeners is about 14 years old? That's a great question. So what we did was we partnered with 10 schools here in the Los Angeles, California area, and we invited all teens who were ninth graders at these schools to be surveyed. And what we did was we administered a survey that asked them questions about e-cigarette use, tobacco use, and other factors. 
this was the beginning of their tenure at this particular school. And then we did two follow-up assessments, one six months later and one a year later. And basically the idea here in this study was we eliminated everybody from the analysis who would use a combustible tobacco product at the baseline assessment. So that way we could focus on e-cigarette use in the beginning of the study in the absence of smoking to see whether e-cigarette use alone was associated with the increased likelihood of starting smoking. And the reason we chose ninth graders is because in the United States educational system, ninth grade is the beginning of high school, and high school is a transitional period. So it's a new school where usually what happens is that in eighth grade, schools are smaller and you're surrounded amongst uh, peers who are your age or below, so usually you're 12, 13, 14 years old, and it's a smaller school that might be a more narrow community. And then in high school, you go to larger schools where you are intermixed with people ranging from age 14 to 18, and there you spend the next four years of your life. And so because of those types of scenarios, and of course just because the of the age period of 14 to 15 is a high risk period for engaging in uh, health damaging behaviors and and beginning to experiment with substances. We focus on that period because what we see is that that's a very high risk period for the onset of tobacco use and other types of risky behaviors. Thank you very much. Can you just explain your data analysis and results and a little bit about how the covariables that you measured influenced the results? from the reading the paper, there's a lot of co-variables that were taken into account. So the data analysis, it was relatively straightforward. What we were interested in was whether amongst the sample at the baseline assessment who had never used a combustible tobacco product, we just wanted to compare those who used e-cigarettes at that baseline assessment to those who hadn't. In terms of the odds, of use at each of the two follow-up points. So this was a straightforward logistic regression analysis that incorporated two data points, the six-month follow-up and the 12-month follow-up. And so what we yielded was odds ratio estimate. And the first set of analyses were simple models where we just modeled whether e-cigarette use was associated with greater likelihood of initiating smoking and we didn't look at other main covariates in that analysis. And so the odds ratios that we found, we looked at any combustible tobacco product, and so we found that the teams who had used e-cigarettes were 4.27 greater odds of initiating any combustible tobacco product than the teams who hadn't. But we also look at the individual different combustible tobacco products in isolation. So traditional cigarettes, cigars, and hookah, and we found the same pattern with the odds ratios range from 2.65 to 4.85, depending on the product. And then we also looked at whether we could predict the number of different tobacco products that they had initiated and used over that uh, 12-month follow-up period. And essentially, that was predicting whether you were likely to use a greater number from 0, 1, 2, or 3 of the different tobacco products we studied, because some of the teams had actually used two or three products during the follow-up period. And so we found that the same result, an odds ratio of 4.26.
now ran a second set of analyses where we included a host of different covariates. And we, you know, this was really important to this study because like any naturalistic correlational study, if you find an association, you don't know whether it's due to confounds or other types of factors. We selected quite a few covariates that reflected demographic factors like age and socioeconomic status and gender. We also had other factors that were related to the environment, so whether the teams had peers who were smoking, whether there was a family history of smoking. And then we had a number of other factors that are internal psychological type factors or behavioral factors that have been identified as key risk factors for smoking in the literature. So like impulsive personality traits, depression, and whether they use other drugs of abuse, and many other factors. And we even asked the teens whether they thought that they would be likely to start smoking over the next six months. And we included that as a covariate. And so, you know, it's important to include all these covariates because they're likely to explain part of the association because one potential explanation is if you find that the teens who use e-cigarettes are more likely to start smoking, it very well could be that order of onset between e-cigarette use and smoking is just arbitrary and that what you're doing is identifying a subgroup of teens who are just at greater risk. They're more likely to experiment with, with different risky behaviors for various socioeconomic, environmental, and interpersonal factors. So after including all of those covariates in the model, we found that all of the associations remained statistically significant, but they were fairly reduced in size. So the main finding, the association between e-cigarette use and use of any combustible tobacco product, which was 4.27, the odds ratio, was reduced to 2.73 in the adjusted analysis for these covariates. So it suggests, which one would expect, that part of the association is indeed explained by these shared risk factors that perhaps could contribute to both um, e-cigarette use and combustible tobacco use. Thank you. It's a very interesting paper, and I'd recommend people read it. The final question is just, it's a bit of a tangent, but in the UK, a recent Public Health England paper was published, which actually recommended the use of e-cigarettes to help existing smokers give up quoting that they're 95% less harmful than tobacco cigarettes. Do you think that we should be recommending e-cigarettes to existing smokers or be restricting their use in order to stop them being so widely available to people who aren't existing smokers? I think it's really important that the UK is on the forefront of looking at e-cigarettes or other types of novel options to help reduce the smoking burden in the population. So our study was focused on adolescents and on the other side of the coin, the initiation and early use. So, you know, our results can't speak to necessarily whether e-cigarettes might be effective for helping people cut down or quit smoking. I mean, clearly, there are smokers out there who are reporting that, you know, e-cigarettes are helping them. And I think that smoking cigarettes and other combustible tobacco products is just about one of the most dangerous things you can do for your health. And people know that, but people still do it because you know, nicotine is a highly addictive drug. So I think that all options that potentially reduce the public health burden of smoking should be left on the table. And so while I think it's probably premature to know exactly 
how effective e-cigarettes are and for whom they work for and for the duration of time for which they might last and, and prevent you from relapsing if you're trying to cut down or quit smoking, th- this should be another option that, that should be on the table. And if research down the line confirms that these are effective products that help people quit, and if additional research uh, can confirm the safety of e-cigarettes relative of course, they're going to be safer than, than combustible cigarettes. But if we can kind of look at the risk-benefit ratio, then I think that's a positive thing. Now, the unfortunate other side of the issue is that I would venture to guess that you know most people would agree that we don't want teens starting with a new tobacco-like product or a nicotine product. So the challenge, I think, to the scientific public health community and policy makers is figuring out creative ways such that if these products are making a significant impact in reducing smoking amongst chronic smokers, how do we get those products out there while not exposing youth who are finding these products highly attractive? And that's something you know I don't have a good answer to. Thank you very much, Dr. Leventhal.